you ready to party? Let's go. Kim Kish. Did I say it right? Yeah, that's Heck it. Yeah. Welcome to the podcast, girl. Thank you. Cheers to our coffee. Cheers. We were oh just saying God. it's been like, what, a year? It's been a year in I, the making. It's, it's been over a year. <laughs> I got you, Joy. I got you, bro. <laughs> is that on video? I saw that. I was yep, all, it is on video. Just kidding. Oh my I, got God, it. I got it. I got it. I was like, <laughs> I saw like, that. Man. Okay. <laughs> I, we were just having this conversation about how I don't have an iPhone. And he took it to a whole I new level. I just completely forgot about like, you. Okay, this guy doesn't exist. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's okay. It's all right, I got thick skin. I'm going to be all right. Yeah, we love Anyways, well, cheers and welcome to the show. <laughs> um, gosh, you came all the way from where? Chicago. Oh, I love it. Chicago, I freaking love it. Are you from Chicago? No, originally from New York. You're from New York? Yeah. Oh, my God. What part of New York? Westchester. Okay, is that upstate New York? No, it's not upstate. Okay, when people say upstate New York, what is that like a good For thing me, or bad thing? Uh, well, I think it just, uh, I, I, um, okay. To answer your question. Yes. I think it's a bad thing. Okay. Cause when you think of upstate New York, you think of like these random farm towns um, and people don't really associate that with New York. Like, did I grow up in Manhattan? No, but did I grow up in the middle of nowhere? Absolutely not. Okay. Okay. Was it mainstream suburbia? Yes. Where'd you, um, <laughs> so you went to high school and stuff out in New York and then, yeah. um, when did you move to Chicago? Uh, last year. Oh, wow. Exactly a year ago. Are you a Bears fan yet? Um, probably by association. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I There's am a not. Cubs fan though. Oh, those okay. games are so much fun. Yeah. Wrigleyville. Yeah. Shout out. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been there. I, well, I do. I used to go to Chicago every year and, uh, my, my dad's side of the family's from over there. And, yeah. um, anyway, like I always try to make it a point to get to a game. It's so great. Yeah. Like I never fun. really liked baseball until a Cubs game. <sighs> that's so hard because like baseball is one of those things where people like unless you played like it's just yeah. it's boring to watch on TV but when you go to the game completely different atmosphere yeah right? and I have to say so my friend and I started well she started it and I followed I have to admit but um, we do this new thing where because now you can order drinks on your phone oh, okay so what we do is we post either on like Instagram or Snapchat and we say like we are in section 233 row 11 seats 2 and 3 send us beers and people will literally send us beers. No way. Yeah, like friends. What? Yeah. That's so then awesome. when they're at games, I send them drinks. That's it's, cool. It's awesome. That is. Yeah. Is, it, is that technology at right its there. finest? Is that okay? So is that something that's new because of the pandemic, or is that is that kind of like always been there? You know, I'm not sure. I haven't been to a baseball game in a long time. So. I would assume that it was before the pandemic. Okay. Instead of you know wait like getting up, waiting in line, like a 30 person line. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. 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 So then they bring it to you. Dang, dude, technology, you're right. I know, what I a, know. What a time to be alive. So friends around the country are like, oh, yeah, let me send you one. Oh, I know. Okay, so being from New York. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to say your thoughts if you don't want to, but the way New York is going, all the madness, how do you feel about all that? Is it kind of a bummer? I mean, but we can kind of say that for the whole country, right? You know? That's very true. And like, every, like everywhere has its right? problems. Yeah. True, true. true. I mean, because we used to go to New York all the time. I mean, it's, it's yeah. a big deal for us as firefighters to go um on saint patty's day it's a big deal yeah. and we've it's it's a great time march in the parade go to the bars meet other firefighters from around the country but i always have a blast when i go there now i'm like i ain't going there anytime soon because the crime rate is high right now i know the lack of the police and everything so it's just a bummer i'm not from there but i love going i'm like i don't know if i'm gonna do that right now yeah it's just a weird time maybe it's just taking a break you know yeah, I'm hoping it gets back to normal because I love going over there. Yeah. I really do. Well, I was saying, you know, not to knock LA, but LA, it's like, 
you have to have to like you, you kind of have to know someone who has someone and then you find like the really cool restaurants but new york you can simply just walk around and be like I think I want Chinese food and you can just find a fantastic Chinese it's restaurant. Amazing. And I feel yeah. like when you're in New York, like, uh, cause like Tim was saying, like I've been a whole bunch and it's typically like St. Patty's day, yeah, yeah. you know, that's like the, the real time of, of visit that, uh, that area. But like, that's a good point. So like if you're from out of town and you come to LA, you know, unless you know somebody, you're kind of, you know, you're doing the Yelp run. Yeah, pretty much because everything's just a little bit more spread out. Whereas like New York is so on top of each other. Exactly. And I also feel like too, like it's the the people there are a lot different as far as like, you know, I'm not saying everyone's nice, but you can find out things. And I feel like, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's just me or I had a good uh, uh, run of good luck. But, um, you know, you can just talk like, hey, where's a cool bar? Or where's it? Where's a great place to yeah. eat? Or I'm looking for a burger or a pizza. Like what's, you know, especially in New York, right? What's yeah. the best pizza? There's stuff everywhere. Oh, opinions everywhere. Yeah. But that's, <laughs> but, but that's part of the, yeah, there's opinions everywhere yeah, for no sure. joke on that one. But, uh, but that's part of it. You know what I mean? Whereas like, I feel like uh, it's just easier to openly communicate with like the casual person there. You yeah. Know? But I, I also kind of feel like that's just everything back East, you know, like if you went into a bar so back true. East and you start talking someone's going to know that you're not from there and then they'll start asking you questions. Next thing you know, you got two hours later and you made a new friend that you didn't anticipate on doing. And I feel like that's, that's not something that's very common or at least my experience having lived here, you know, it's not as uh, likely because I feel like anytime I go to like Chicago or New York or any, anywhere, like you just start talking next thing. And I'm a talker. So like I'll sit there. (laughs) (laughs) As a podcast host. A little, a little Sorry, that's that's that New York humor. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, I was like, yeah. Anyways, I'm fluent in sarcasm. I yeah. got you. No, uh, but yeah. And uh, anyway, so that's like a cool aspect, you know, like going over there. And anyway, hopefully they can. I hope they get their stuff together yeah. soon because I really love yeah. going back there. It's a good time. It's oh. it's always a good time. But okay, so to get back to you, hmm. you are doing something that I think is pretty freaking awesome. So Which can is? you please let everybody know what you do? <laughs> Yeah, so I am a corporate pilot. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Girl. How long have you been a corporate pilot? Um, Officially, I think this is probably my, th- like, going on three and a half years now. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And so it's for everyone to know, how, how old are you? So are I'm, let's call it 25, because I'm turning 25 at the end of the month. Let's go. Yeah. Dang, girl. Yeah. Yeah. 25 years old and you're a corporate pilot. Yeah. It's surreal. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Cheers, baby. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, all right. I didn't forget. I'm in on I the didn't birthday. Forget. All right. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So, how did you? What sparked your interest in becoming a pilot? So, my dad originally sparked my interest. So, he's a pilot. But normally, people think, "Oh my gosh, your story stops right there." You know, mm-hmm. your dad's a pilot. You know, you followed in his footsteps. But it took me a while because um, I always phrase it similarly to the similarly to that. Um, you know, I almost resented aviation for a while. Um, because you were raised in it type thing? Or your dad was Because I was just exposed to it all the time. I so okay. I, I, I guess I, I more so took advantage of it. Like I didn't really, um, uh, you know, I took it for granted, I guess. So okay. the story kind of goes that, um, you know, there's these flying clubs all around. And then you can, similar to a timeshare, you can um, buy a share of the airplane. So growing up, my dad had a share in this airplane called the Cherokee 6. So if you think, you know, two pilot seats in the front and then four people in the back. And it was perfect because I have one older brother. So just mom, dad, me and my brother. And um, so he had the share in this 
this airplane. And we always did these joint family vacations going from New York to Cape Cod in Massachusetts. So um, I always thought we were the weird family because we were the ones that would leave way later than everyone else. We'd get there before everyone else because we would fly there. Oh, okay. And okay. I, like, here I am like six or eight years old in the back of this airplane. What a freaking privilege. And I'm like, my ears hurt. This is loud. Are we there yet? <laughs> well, like yeah, to give you, but you, you didn't know, right? No. You're, you're so young. And my brother's in the front too. So I'm okay. just in the back. Like, I don't know what's going on. I have no idea. This is a weird car. Right. Right. So, um, that was kind of my first introduction to aviation. And my dad thought my brother was going to be the pilot of the family, but turns out he's partially colorblind. So, Oh, if you're um, colorblind, you can't fly. You can. You just there's more forms to fill out. There's a thing called a soda where you have to go and do a test with a FAA examiner and, uh, and a, a medical doctor, and they pretty much show you different lights, and you have to tell yeah, them what color they are. It, they're pretty strict for us, at least for people trying to get into public service. Yeah, a, a lot of places. If you're colorblind, you're out. And I remember, you know, where we originally started, they almost didn't give me a job because they thought I was colorblind. Really? Yeah, but I, I'm not because they end up sending me to a specialist, right? And it was funny. The specialist was like. I told him, hey, man, I know I'm not colorblind, okay? I just, that book, you know, you open the book and there's all those dots. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's like, there's that light yellow and then like a light green. I'm like, I can't fucking see it, dude. Yeah, yeah. And the doctor's like, all right. He laid out all the colors. And I was like, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple. He's, you're fine. You're not colorblind. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I know I'm not colorblind. I was like, those are two super light shades of color. So I guess, I know you're talking about, I was scared. I I thought, dude, I can't do this career now. I, I can't. And that's so common. I think it's most common in men. Is I it? think it's like oh, one right. in 10 men are, are somewhat colorblind. How different. Yeah, Cause I was like, I, I'm not colorblind or at least haven't been diagnosed as that, but mm. there's like a certain shade of green and gray that I get the two incorrect. Interesting. Yeah. yeah I've, I've heard it's mostly shades. That's what my brother will say too. Like pinks and purples. He's like, I don't know. They're both pink. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so. just, uh, yeah. So he, does he, does he fly though? He doesn't. So he's, he's like out. Yeah. He doesn't want to, or is it because of the color? He doesn't want to. I think my dad and I annoyed him so much that he's like, this is, (laughs) I need to find something else to do. (laughs) But is your dad, was he like a professional pilot or is it something? Okay. Was he with airlines? No, corporate pilot as well. And what I always love about aviation is that it does not have to be your first career. Like, yes, I am 25 and have, you know, a three year career already in aviation, but you can be 25 and realize, I want to be a pilot and start your journey there. Or you could wake up and be 35 or 45. I love it. You know, your career will look different mm-hmm. than maybe what you what your idol is doing or what your neighbor is doing. But you can absolutely still have a career in aviation. There's always a chance, right? Always a chance. Gosh, I love it. I now, love it. Is there like, because we were kind of talking about earlier, I have some family in the military. That's how they got their time in for flying. Now, if you were trying to become a pilot and not go down that route, what are some of the options that you have? So what I did was I went to college um, and it was Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University. It's a full aviation college? Yep. Wow. Full four-year private university, you know, just like any other university you would apply to and get into. So, and it wasn't just flying. There was engineering, there was communications, there was uh, business. Most of it all um, encompasses aviation or aerospace. So they give you like the full broad spectrum. Yeah. The communications, oh, okay. the business behind it, like how the communications work, working with the tower, how you're supposed to talk, all that, right? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. If you want to become an air traffic controller, there's a degree for that. Oof, um, that seems like a stressful job. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I don't know. I'm out. <laughs> talk about being good at chess. That's what oh, an air traffic controller described it. They were I like, like you chess. have to, you have to know your, your players. You have to know where the pieces can go, where they can't go. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, and you, you always have to be thinking ahead of the airplane. You know, what's interesting oh. is, um, 
I watched the. It's probably I should, this is terrible. Okay, I watched Air Disasters. I think it's on Nat Geo. Yeah, it's just interesting, right? It is. I didn't realize on a couple of them that I watched, um, the air traffic controller who's talking to the plane. If the plane goes down, they have to. The air traffic controller has to stop what he's doing, and they isolate him. He has to be investigated too. Yep. I had no idea. Yep. I'm like, that's intense. It really that's is. Really intense. Oh yeah. Can you imagine the stress? You're that air traffic controller, and say it's an act of God, and something happens. Yeah. But you still feel like, oh my God, I was the last person contact. I'm now gonna be isolated, investigated, pulled off the the floor. That'd be stressful. Oh my God, it is. Even on a normal day when everything goes well, yes, their job is incredibly stressful. Oh my God. Do they get okay pay? Hopefully. I was going to say, yeah. hopefully they get, do they? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. some I know are government and some are not. Like there's private towers and there's government towers. Um, but yeah, from from what I know, they yeah, they they sit comfortable. As uh, as a pilot, whether it's a government tower or a private, you still speak the same language, yep. right? It's all straight yep. across Same the phraseology. Okay. Yeah. Same thing. Wow. Man, Holy that cow. job sounds yeah. so gnarly. I know. So oh, you did yeah. four years. Um, and you're flying during that four years, right? Yeah. So I was going to say that's the major difference though. So I go to classes like everyone else, you know, my freshman year took 18 credits, like an idiot. Woo! Yeah. Done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah learned that yeah, mistake. I do, I do four credits like every six or every what, four months and I'm stressed out. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So, and the worst part is your flying is only one credit. That's Isn't it. that the majority of what you're oh, doing, really? though? Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. So you're like, I worked so hard. This is what's most important to me. And then it's so funny. Like, they grade you, too. And they're like, oh, you got a B. You're like, I passed. That should be an A, you know? Like, yeah. there's there's one goal. But that's that's my soapbox I'll stand on. But I yeah, but I, go to, I went to class like everyone else. And then I would have a block of flying time. Yeah. And mostly since it was down in Daytona Beach, Florida, I would want the 6 to 9 a.m. Because there was no thunderstorms. It was cool. You know, because these airplanes don't have air conditioning. I mean, they have windows, but oh, <laughs> most of the times you can't right. even open yeah. them because you're doing maneuvers yeah, or whatever else. When I skydive, we're, they pack us in like sardines in yeah. these planes and there's no AC in there. But nope. once we, we open the door, usually around seven, 8,000 feet, it's it's cold. Yeah. Even on a hot day, it cools off real quick. And then we get to 13,000 to jump. I'm like, I'm ready to go. Yeah. In the winter when I skydive, it's freaking freezing yeah i believe it it's cold on the ground and then once we start hitting up and we get to the thirteen thousand, dude everyone's like let's go get out of the plane <laughs> it's so cold like who's got the hand warmers yeah well i remember the first time i did in the winter i i didn't think about having gloves oh. and we got up and i was like my hands are so cold i don't know if i'm gonna be able to pull my pilot chute so i was like rubbing them and doing all this stuff to try and keep them warm oh my gosh and we're falling through the sky i'm like my hands are so cold i was so paranoid i kept touching it the whole way down i was like Still there. Still yeah, there. I can grab it. Yeah. I can grab it. I can grab it, but you need those wear gloves. Those hand warmer packs. Yeah, yeah. or some gloves, dude. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. So um while you're going through school, I mean you're getting a bachelor's in this, right? Yep. So you have a BS in what in aviation? In aeronautical science, and then my minor was aviation safety. Wow. Yeah. Damn, girl. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. It was it was awesome too because you take really realistic classes. Mm-hmm. Like I remember my senior, there was one class where um, we have this computer system. Most large jets have it. It's called an FMS, and um, it's pretty much where it's it's a giant calculator essentially. So when you need to calculate your um, like how much distance it will take you from you know point A to when you're going to take off, mm-hmm. um, that's the most simple way I can describe it. 
um, whenever you need those numbers, you just plug whatever you need into the FMS and it mm. spits out your numbers um, and your data for you. Okay. So there was a class we took where um, we had to program our final project was you sit with the instructor and, you know, he gives you a flight plan and, you know, you're going from uh, JFK to London Heathrow and you need to program your FMS to make sure that the flight actually goes and all your numbers are correct and your weight is correct and everything else that goes with the flight. And it was very realistic because now I'm using pretty much the same FMS in my airplane today. Yeah. Wow. So that, and that, yeah. that, that takes into account it's like what the load is that you're carrying. Yep. Everything you put in how many those. passengers. Yeah. And, you know, f- what I do, we use standard weights. Um, okay. But in my old airplane, it was a smaller single-engine turboprop. Um, yeah, those those 20 pounds matter. You know, you can't just say, all right, you're 195, you're 195, call it like end of day. Right. You know, I'd have to ask you, what's your weight? And it was funny, whenever we had a female pilot, or excuse me, female passenger, I was always tasked to go ask them their weight because no <laughs> one wants to go up and be like, excuse me, ma'am. Uh, how much do you weigh? How much like, do you weigh? And she's like, excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> know, that would be interesting to try to ask a female. Oh, my God. You're like, yeah, listen, lady, yeah. it's going to make or break the flight. Yeah. Okay, you got to be honest here. Yeah. yeah. And most of the time, like it wouldn't unless we're like really packing in bags and people, but you know, it's, you still got to know it's, it's really a legal issue. You have to have their actual weights. Okay. Yeah. I don't, it reminded me of like, uh, those movies you see, um, like it's always like those drug runner, like cartel movie or whatever, yep. where they're like cutting out seats and stuff to pack in their product or whatnot. Yeah. But yeah. So weight is a humongous, uh, importance, obviously depending on what you're uh, flying. That's crazy. So it's I, ca- say, I can't believe you're a pilot. Like, so I have a, I'm like, <laughs> it's awesome. I have a fear of flying. And ah, when no, I mean fear of flying, <laughs> it means I'll do it. Like I'm going to fly either yep. way because it's the only way I really want to, you know, want to get there quick. Right. Yeah. But I'm a horrible like passenger, mm. meaning like if we hit any turbulence whatsoever, like I'm going to rip the arms of the seats. Yeah. Off it's going to you're like a white knuckler. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, you know, I try to have a couple drinks you know, I say it's because, you know, it's like, oh, I'm scared, you know, but they're like, sure, you just want to have some drinks. I'm like, no, seriously, I'm freaking out inside. Yeah. And uh, I had a couple experiences when I was younger, you know, flying where we hit some good turbulence and like that freaked me out for the rest of my life. Yeah. But, you know, like I kind of wanted to like segue into a question as far as like what's common misnomers, like when you hit turbulence, what the reality is like that it's because of a plane malfunction or it's just riding through the weather or it's like, just how does that air. work? Just air. Yep. So I'm just afraid of air is what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Okay>. Different air <laughs> temperatures, depending on where you are. You know, if you're near mountain range, so flying over Denver, you're definitely going to have some sort of turbulence. It's all because of that. Um, okay. Yeah. And that's my favorite question too. Like I'll have people um, either on Instagram or just friends. They're like, but can you make it stop? <laughs> I'm like, no, No, I I wish I could. But what we can do is, you know, we can try to look for different flight levels, Mm. um, different altitude. um, You know, those are the same things. But the altitude matters, though, right? With with your turbulence, you go higher or less or if you're lower. It depends on the the time of year. You know, there's a lot of factors that go into it. But generally, yes. Okay. Yeah. But like an airline, you know, when you have a hundred something people in bags, it's harder for them. You know, they're heavier and they're they're weight restricted for their altitudes. That's why normally if you're on like a 737, you're probably at like 37, 38. And from the high 20s to the high 30s, yeah, that's that's a really turbulent layer there, oh, okay. um, just generally speaking. So so the heavier you are, the lower you have to fly or higher? 
The lower. Lower. Because you may not be able to make it up there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Yep. Interesting. That's yeah. really interesting. And so when you are... Oh my God, I'm getting nervous. I'm like, am I going to have to teach them aerodynamics? No, 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 like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, we actually brought a chart board here. <laughs> You're like, we have a whiteboard. For you to bring it in. Yeah. <laughs> As I said before, we put water on fire. We're, we're very simple people. We'll keep it no, simple. I love yeah. this. Yeah, because, you know, I was saying before too, it's when you talk to other pilots, you find yourself in this in-depth conversation with acronyms and phrases. And, you know, all of a sudden you are talking about aerodynamics and someone whips out a calculator, like the nerds we are, but, um, it's, it's great to sit and explain things, um, to people who aren't pilots. And I, I feel like it's very educational because it's a world that no one really knows, even though, you know, someone like yourself, we fly on airplanes all the time to get to where we need to go, but you still have no idea what's involved in it. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I've flown, or flown, I've flown, uh, <laughs> I've flown, uh, have, you know, probably more than the average person, you know, just traveling and whatnot. And uh, I never like take the time to like one, look it up, which is stupid because I have all resources at like the, my fingertips with your phone, right? At least yep. you can get like some ideas of it. I typically just look at the flight attendant and I'm like, I give them the eye like we're good, right? And they're like we're fine. Like, yep. you're okay. He'll be like, no, sir, you're, we're, we're good. I'm like, yeah. okay, thank you. But after like the fifth or sixth time I asked him that, they started looking at me like I have an issue, you know, cause I'm just sweating and yeah, I'm just kidding. It's not that bad. But <laughs> yeah, no, I just find it so fascinating. And, uh, and that, so that's just, it's just air, like temperature changes. Like you're like, like, is that like having like a, like going from hot to cold or whatever can change your yeah, different air masses, especially if there's some sort of front, you know, high pressure, low pressure, all those things. Yeah. Take into effect, yeah. You know well, what? God bless you for doing what you yeah. do. Thank you. Uh, Thank I would you. be a horrible pilot. <laughs> There's a- you, I was gonna say you actually should learn how to fly. It might cure um, your your frightness. Your, your, your fear. Your fear. fear, yeah. I think it'd be a good part. Why did I think I just, brightness was a word? I just want to be the one on the... Uh, <laughs> oh, that's good. That's I just want to be the other one on the PA just saying, this is your captain speaking. We're going to be flying to... <laughs> yeah. And then like just real <laughs> draw it out. Yeah, I love that. I think it's hilarious. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway. I love that. No, there's a... I think I've told a story sometime on one of these episodes, but I was flying in the Billings and I guess they're known for a cro- strong crosswind at this airport. Mm. And I don't know what you call it, but um, it was a female pilot too. Remember, she was a captain. She came over. It's a little bit of turbulence. We're going to land all this, right? Well, we're flying and I have a window seat. And this was probably back in 2012. I was flying out there to help a a friend with his record. And the plane's coming in and I'm thinking, cool, we're doing our thing. Seatbelt's on. It's like bouncing around. And then we're coming into the runway. And the plane turns fucking sideways into the wind, and I'm looking at the runway from the passenger seat. I was like, yo, dude, what the hell is happening right now? Yes. And he came down. I was like, dude, this is it. Like, I'm I'm done. I'm accepting my fate. Like, whatever's next, I'm sure it's going to be great. I was like, fuck it. Whatever. It's over. And then last minute, fucking wham, straight down. What do they call that? So that's a crosswind correction. Crosswind correction? Yeah, you're crabbing into the wind. I almost crosswind my ass in the next <laughs> life, dude. That's, that's, okay, so at least. I was fucking scared. I was scared. I really was. I was like, what is happening right now? Dude, 100%. That, so that's that's what's called crabbing into it. Because like I, I had a, a similar experience landing in Costa Rica. And it's so funny because like, I feel like every time something happens, I just, I always say like, oh my God. <laughs> I was like, if you want to take the plane down after the trip, do it. 
But I was like, right now, I was like, let me just get to the destination first. Yeah, you just know? get it's me like, there. I have these, like little, yeah, little. Yeah. You know, it's like the one over. time out of the year I pray. I'm like, you know, I know I'm a piece of shit. Like <laughs> a lot of bad decisions. If you just let this land, I'll become a pastor. I'll change my life. Land's like, oh, I just get a fucking drink. <laughs> like we're good. Yeah, I'll sweet. meet you at the bar. <laughs> <High five>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, it was like when at Costa Rica, it was like we weren't going in sideways, but we were like teetering. A lot. And okay. Like, and it was to the point where a lot of the passengers were going, oh, oh. <laughs> It sounds like a massage chair almost. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, which was kind of cool because I felt like I wasn't crazy. I'm like, is anyone else feeling this? Yeah, yeah. everyone was feeling it. Yeah. But the cockpit of the door came open. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. and from the, I, from the turbulence or they opened it? I don't know. All I can say is that during this time, we were supposed to be getting pretty close to it. And... You know, I'm doing my white knuckle thing and yeah. I'm like looking at my friends. I'm like, we're going to make it, right? We're good, you know? And uh, I look down the aisle and the door was open and I see the landing strip and this. <laughs> you know? And oh like, my God. we're feeling it. So we're going like this. You can yeah. feel the movement. They're coming in and like, because they had already warned <laughs> about the like headwinds or something along the, the lines that yep. there was going to be some issues landing. Yeah. I guess to give everyone a little bit of a preparation. That they Let me guess. Was that Newark? I, I don't, I don't remember what. Okay. Uh, it was landing into Costa Rica. Oh, sorry. I thought you so said, it was, I, th- I, I was thinking New Jersey for some Oh reason. no, it was. Uh, I was like, yeah, they get bad. San Jose. Is that the one? It's like on the, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But it was um, one of the airports there. And anyway, so like you're saying, like when it was happening, I was just like, dude, I just want to go on this trip. You right. know, like whatever like happens after this. Live, yeah. yeah. I was like, or live, I guess. Yeah. You know, just throwing it out there. But uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's crazy because all the little things, you know, but then at the end of the day, when you hear about it, someone from the industry is like, yeah, dude, like, it's, it's normal. This is another day. Yeah. It was probably a little shaky, but we're good. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah. It's interesting how it's like it doesn't phase you. It's almost like probably in our careers, people are like, "How do you do that?" And you go and it's like, "Well, what's what we're trained for?" Like we, well, it's, yeah. I was just about to say, you guys can probably relate because it's one of those where it's like you have nerves, but they're good nerves because you're also yeah. confident in your abilities, you're confident in your training and your skills. So it's yeah, you know, I always say if if you ask a pilot and they're like, "Do you ever get nervous?" and they say no run like do not get on an airplane with them because that's just false you know it's we everyone gets nerve everyone gets nervous it's a human reaction Mm -hmm. um so yeah a situation like that like yeah my palms are probably sweaty but i know i know what to do i know how to correct and worst case scenario you always go around you just try again right right because there's no point in botching it on the runway blowing a tire and then all of a sudden you're stuck and you have to evacuate the passengers you know fire trucks come out it's a huge commotion you can just go around and try again because the wind always changes you know it will still probably be blowing but every second it's going to be something different so maybe it'll be easier once you're lower to the ground and you know you just get a second chance at it i love the confidence sam Bro, no. what would you do if you saw the runway from your back, the window seat? I'm thinking about you right now. If I was sitting next to you, I could see both of us just losing our minds. Yeah, I shit myself. Yeah. <laughs> All over the window. Yeah. yeah, I was like, it's actually quite simple. I would just crap, yeah. and then I just anticipate on just what the next move would be. Yeah. Because at that point, you're just... You're at the mercy of whoever's flying the plane, right? Yeah. So, wow. yeah. yeah. Wait, so when you're in school... um, is there a certain amount of hours, probably school or if you're getting your private lessons, what what are the hours you need to start flying on your own solo? Um, well, to get your private, this is like a quiz now, but I, um, to get your private pilot's license, you need um, 40 hours um, to get your license. I think it's like you need 40 hours by your check ride or something minimum, like that. Right? Yeah. That yeah. 
And that's forty hours. It takes a while. Yeah, but most people. I mean, that's if you're flying like maybe three to four times a week consistently. Mm-hmm. You can maybe knock it out in like a couple months. But um, you know, I flew pretty regularly, maybe three times a week, but. Um, I went into school cause I had flown with my dad a little bit in high school. So I had a couple hours, but you know, when I got my private, I think I had like 80 hours. Okay. So it's not, it's not like, Oh, you, you know, you got your private at a hundred hours. Like you must be bad. No, it's, it's a matter of, you know, if you need to redo something, redo it. Um, you know, just be proficient, be comfortable. Yeah. And it's not, it's not as simple as school. You know, it's not one of those things that, Oh, I haven't flown in a week, but you know, I can just pick it up right where I left off. Mm. You really can't. Consistency is absolutely key. And even, you know, if I go a month without flying, mm. I, I look at the books. That's smart. Yeah. That's very smart. It's not like riding a bike at all. Yeah. I like that you say consistency. Um, I, I fully believe that anything that we pursue or anyone pursues to, to do well at something, you have to have consistency. 100%. You can't just be like, oh, I'll do it this week. I'll take a couple of weeks off. Like anything you're trying to achieve or go for, like you gotta, you gotta go at hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, it's just going to make you better. Right. We've learned that from the things that we do in our job. I mean, it's just repetition. Yeah. It's over and over and over. I mean, to the point now we've been in 15 years, call goes out. It's like, we know exactly what to do. Just yep. We're to the point we're on it, you know? Yep. So I, I love that you say that. Cause I think that's super important, not just with aviation or if you're doing public service, it's like anything in life, you want to be successful or do well, like consistency, sacrifice, do what you need to do to get to where you want to go. Cause you know, yeah, it took four years, you grew up in it, but look where you're at now. Right? Yeah. You know, so you're entrusted with, um, expensive things. <laughs> oh my fly yeah. lives, right? <laughs> Very. Least, yes. Yeah. And you got yeah. people's lives in your hand, right? You're in charge. You're yeah. flying and all that. So I love that you said that. That's really, that, I think that's freaking awesome. Yeah. And I read an article the other day cause I, I do have this passion for aviation safety as well. Um, mm-hmm. second to flying, but I was reading this article and it, it, there was a quote that said, um, you know, when an emergency happens, you don't revert back to your training, you revert back to your proficiency. Oh. And that is really, that really stuck with me because, you know, we go six months, every six months we go to training and the, the best simulators in the world, with the best instructors in the country and or the world. And, you know, the training is top echelon, mm. but in an emergency, I'm not going to revert back to that training. I'm going to revert back to how proficient I am with that training. I got you. So it's, it's important, but that's something I also stress when people are like, Oh, I'm scared of flying. You know, I don't trust the pilots or things like that. Um, you know, we train for emergencies. It's not like when we go to training, it's like, all right, let's do a really easy takeoff. No wind, calm day, blue skies, you know, you're in there and that's, we call it the sweat box for a reason because they, you lose engines left and right. Oh yeah, you lost an engine. baby screaming in the back, your baggage (laughs) compartment exploded and they're like, figure it out. Yeah, it's the Get us on the ground. It's probably like the most extreme thing you can have, right? Yeah. But that's good in case that does happen, or at least if it's something less, like something that's minor. Yeah. It won't be as crazy for, right? You're used to that stress load. Absolutely. So you have to go every six months? Yeah. I think um, we're supposed to go once a year, but yeah, we go every six months. Damn. And you have to pass, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. yeah. And that's why it's a big deal, especially for airline pilots. You know, you go back to training and it's stressful for them because. Um, you have to pass and your career is essentially on the line. Yeah. I don't think people know that. I, I, no, I, I, I never knew so. I didn't know that. And I'll tell you what, that makes me feel a lot more comfortable with knowing the strenuous, yeah. uh, training and like consistency in the training to, you know, com- 
It makes sense because you want people in these positions, right? You know, we're talking about expensive cost and people's lives. And, you know, so that's, that's, I think, very reassuring to hear that it's not like once you pass, you're good. Yeah, it's not like a driver's license. Yeah. And, you know, that's like even for, because like we're talking about like about our profession too, right? We're constantly doing training. We're constantly getting reevaluated. And I liked what you said earlier that if you hadn't done it in a while, you kind of hit the books. Yeah. I, I feel like I do the same thing. Like there's, Obviously, it's it, actually it's probably a lot the same, right? Because there's a lot, there's so many different planes and different capacities and different stuff. Just like when we work on different, you know, fire engines or trucks, mm-hmm. and they, everyone's kind of the same, but they have different features or different places where certain things are. So you kind of always have to like, oh, I haven't done this one in a while. I'm gonna read up real quick, you know, to make sure. Yeah, and yeah. Just um, I thought it was cool how you said that you don't. Res- it's not that you resort back to just your training. Right. It's just everything that you've been consistent with, you know, and it's real life experience. And it all kind of melds together in that instant that you have to make a quick judgment decision. Yep. That's really cool. And I still think that what you do is crazy, but, <laughs> but, but that's a really, it's a really admirable position. You know, that's, that's super, that sounds awesome. Thank you. I mean, it is, it's, I, I still pinch myself because I wake up and I'm so excited to go, you know, even sometimes I look at the schedule. I'm like, I'm not flying for two weeks. You know, even just the other day I reached out to my boss and I was like, can I take this flight? You know, I want to go. And it's, Mm. I don't think people would look at their, uh, eye calendar and say, Oh yes, there's a meeting. I want to go to that. Yeah, (laughs) That's, Oh, it's cool though. That's a lot of people. I can't remember what the stat was. I think it's around 80%, at least in America. Um, they go to jobs they do not like. Yeah. You know, and I think, I think about me and I'm, I'm fortunate enough that I worked hard and achieved where, where I'm at. And I always say like, I get to go to work. Yep. It's not like, oh my God, I have to go, I to, have work, to, go right? to work. At least for us, it's, it's probably the same with you, but it's something new every day, right? We don't know yeah. the calls we're going to get. We don't know if it's going to be a fire or an accident or a natural disaster, whatever it's going to be. But we go to work, we do our checkouts, we're on the ready, we do our thing. And there's a strong brotherhood, sisterhood there too. Um, but I think, you know, the the training that you're doing and, and what you've done is pretty awesome, too, because you're a female. And I love seeing females in these roles. I have nieces. I have uh, three nieces. Aww. Oh, shit. Is it three? <laughs> he Four? lost count. God dang. I'm sorry. There's like, there's eight of these kids running around all over the place. I don't have kids, so I don't know. But I, I always want them to feel empowered. Like, you can do whatever you want to do. You yes. Know, I want, I, I hope you can, I hope you don't become a firefighter or a pilot or a doctor or whatever it may be. I hope those barriers keep getting those walls get busted down with people like yourself, you know? And that's why I remember seeing your Instagram. That's how we met. Yeah. Through social media, right? It is. (laughs) Which is really cool. I was like, what the heck? I saw some post and it's like, you were flying and I'm like, oh, this is rad. I was like, I'm just going to follow this. This is really cool. Like she's a pilot. I want to fly one day, you know, hopefully. But, and then I remember seeing your progression and then you like put a post up that you got hired by this corporate company. And I remember just, I still hadn't met you and I was celebrating for you. I was like, yes. I know. You were like one of the biggest cheerleaders too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause I want, I I just, I want people to be successful and go after what they want to go after. It's like you said, for you, it's like, oh, I want to fly. I want to, you know, I, and I want to stress that to people so much. If you're in a position that, you know, you're unhappy with, or you're working a job that you don't want to work, you know, have the courage to start something new in training and go after what you want. It's difficult. I get it. Everyone's situation is different. Financially, kids, whatever it may be. Yeah. But I always think it's not impossible. Don't don't sell yourself short and get through life. And at the end, you you have that what if. Like, yeah. damn, I should have done this or wanted to. People think I'm nuts. 
Yeah, I'm always surfing, skydiving, doing mountain biking stuff, right? My, you know, people look at my social media like, dude, you're a madman. I'm like, well, I'm enjoying my life. I'm doing yeah. things that I want to do. Yeah, I get hurts. So like last week, I, I thought I freaking, I thought my left knee was an, I thought I had an uh, ostrich leg. I came oh in super gosh. hot on this landing skydiving and my leg went straight. <gasps> yeah, and it was, it hit it hard. Oh. And I laid there and I was just like, <sighs> Okay, I got an ostrich leg on my right leg or my left leg. This is it. I'm gonna be out for a long time, and then I'm like, I'm not looking. I'm not looking at it. Oh, just don't look at it. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> looking, and I moved. I'm like, okay, it's bending the right direction. Okay, it doesn't hurt too bad. I was like, Whew, thank God, man. Thank yeah. God, because it was super close. It's it's dangerous, but I don't know. It's calculated, right? It's it, they teach you, um, and like in everything that we do, they teach you safety protocols. Yeah. People think like, Scott, oh, it's, you could you could die anything you do. Okay, if you if you remember your training and all this stuff, you're gonna be fine. And when I go and I haven't skydiving a little bit, I go through all my checks. I check everything out. I go through my procedures. It's the same thing. I'm like, okay, I gotta do this. I'm gonna pull here. Yeah, this is the level I'm supposed to pull at. So, all that to say, I love that you went for what you went for, and I love that nothing has like held you back. And yeah. you keep going. And I can see, um, at least on your social media, you're getting more females following you. Absolutely. And I, I dig it. I dig it. I'm just like, yes, Kim, keep fucking going. You're inspiring people. Like, yes. please keep going, you know? Thank so, you. Um, kudos on you because you're you're more of an inspiration, um, I think, than you know for mm. a lot of people, for male, female, whatever it is. So please, so nice. please keep doing what you're doing. And I'm glad that you came here on the podcast. I hope that if there's any, you know, females or males out there doing something that you don't want to do and you have dreams, it's okay to work in the job that you want to, that, that you don't want to do. We all had to do it. Yeah. There's a means to an end to get somewhere. Yeah. But don't give up. Consistency. Yes. Keep working at it. Keep chipping away because time goes by and next thing you know, boom. It's all right. It took me 13 years to get my bachelor's. I took one class every eight weeks. Talking yeah. for it. Right? I got a mortgage, working full time. And the next thing you know, it was like two years ago, I finished my class. They're like, congratulations. Oh, my. oh that's it? Yeah. You're like, I'm done? Did it. Look, that's it. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think what's neat about like spit like about even like this like kind of scenario that we have here right it's because like i just met you yeah you know what i mean and you know obviously what you're doing is very admirable and impressive and all that stuff but i think the the cool part about it is that hopefully when people watch this they see like they're like dude you can do it yeah you know what i mean and i'm not saying to take anything away from you personally because obviously you have to be motivated consistent all yep. the, all the things above to get where you wanted to go but your age, what you do, not the age is relative. And like, I like what you said earlier, that it doesn't matter how old you are. If this is yeah. a passion that you wanted to pursue, that you can get yourself in that position to be successful. Mm -hmm. I just think that like having more of this out there, right? It, it, nor it makes it, it normalizes it a little bit, you know what I mean? Or brings it down. 100%. Cause I feel like sometimes when you're talking to people like, it's too fantasy. You're like, yeah. You're like, well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a commercial pilot and if I, you know, like private jets and I do all this stuff to me, like when I, if we, if we go back like 15 years ago, like I'd be like, that's, I can never do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, obviously not just cause the afraid of flying thing, but I just mean like there's like certain positions or if you want to say like a neurosurgeon or you want to do, yeah. you know what I mean? There's it's these, intimidating. Yeah. And it's like, and it's cool when you get the opportunity to talk to somebody that does something that you thought is like an unattainable thing. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. And not that it takes away from what that person does, but it makes it seem, it's a, it's a reachable Attainable. feel, right? You know what I mean? And so like with people hearing that, it was like uh, men, women, you know, whoever, like it's like if you, if you want to do that, 
you know, you can do it. Yeah. And I feel like that's like, it's so cool hearing that stuff on here because it's just like, I'm like yeah, go talk about it, be about it. You know what I mean? That's, that's rad. Anyway. I'm, well, I'm, just, I'm so glad you guys both said that because, you know, speaking of Instagram too, like I absolutely hate when people call me an influencer. Cause I'm like, ah, I, I get know, I'm, it. I'm right like, there with you. you know, I just think the word is ridiculous. And, you know, when you think of that, you think of, you know, the girl uh, trying to persuade you to buy something off Sheen. And she's you in know? a full bikini. Yeah. Here's, here's this bottle of and water. I get it. Yeah, yeah, take I, these weight loss pills. Look how awesome they are. Oh, my God. Like, get out of here. Don't get me on my soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's true. Like, we think of all these stereotypes of the of the typical quote-unquote influencer. So mm, right. mm. I just get really skeeved out by that word. But I always say I believe in education and advocacy. And that's what we're doing here today, you know? Like, mm. you're asking me questions about turbulence. And I'm, you know, to some capacity educating on what that is mm-hmm. and then um another friend asked me a couple of weeks ago you know he was like i know you advocate for women in aviation but when will you be happy like when when the numbers are what percentage of women in aviation mm-hmm. when will you be happy and i said well it's not about the numbers i'm not looking for 50 percent women or 60 percent women or 70 yeah. percent women mm-hmm. i'm not looking for that i'm looking for little girls to be able to to go to school and not be put in a box. I love it. And yeah. you know, for your nieces to to say, I want to be a pilot and have that be normal. Have someone go, oh sweetie, you know, me maybe, right, maybe. Right, right, right. You know, and it's because even then it's it's a supportive answer, but it's not a realistic answer. Yeah, it's almost like there's those, still that little bit of doubt of hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the best way to put it, almost um like gender roles and jobs. Yeah. And I'm thinking, no. You're not going to limit, you know, my family and the, you know, the, the females in my family. I'm, and my dad was a big proponent of this. I remember my sister, um, a little background, my sister. So we have the same mom, different dad. Mm-hmm. So when my dad married my mom, my mom had two little girls already very young. Um, and they're, so their dad, they're full black. I'm only half. And my dad took them on like he was their own. Mm, right. I and it was, that. it was awesome. And this, and it wasn't popular then. This is like 1978. Yeah. You know, so it, I remember even the family. There are parts of on my dad's side of the family that were not happy with it. And my dad was like, cool, screw you. I love this woman. I love these kids. I'm going for it. Good for him. And I remember my, my sister was playing softball and she's like, well, I want to play baseball. My dad's like, all right, we'll do it. Oh, that's so awesome. Put her on a baseball. Well, he couldn't get her on a team. So he made a baseball team of, oh. and he got all the, so my heart. since he was like uh, the new coach, right? They have tryouts for this, this pony, what are they called? Pony, pony league. league. Yeah. yeah. And since he was a new coach, he got all the kids that weren't good. Nobody wanted. But my dad, a lot of people don't know, he was, um, I think he played AAA for the Dodgers a long time ago. He was wow. actually a really good baseball player. He's, yeah, I know. It's a weird. I feel like I learned all these things about yeah. your dad. He's like but James he Bond. Dude, he never talks about it. Player yeah, he, ne- he, but he's a, he, you know, he's a military guy. He's yeah. special ops. So he's a real low key dude, but he's a phenomenal sharp man. And, um, he got this team and he's like, cool. He, he, I remember, he remember time. He's like, that's fine. We're going to win. And sure enough, he, he taught all these kids the basics. And my sister was on this team. They fucking won. That everything. is so sweet, sweet karma. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we still have pictures and like old school video and she's freaking knocking them out of the park. Oh, and my dad's like, go so run, run, run. You can see the coaches all pissed and throwing their hats. I'm just like, go get them dad. Yeah. But he was such a supporter. And even my mom, she was a sheriff for a little bit. And, I remember this as a kid. She was real nervous about it, but she always said, like, your dad supported me through everything. She said she wanted, he's like, okay. And she was scared about not getting through the physical agility part. So I guess with their physical agility, they got to run and then they got to like hop over the six foot wall. My mm. mom couldn't do it. 
He freaking called up the sheriffs and be like, hey, we want to come down to train the training center. I want to show my wife how to get it. And they're like, yeah. He took her over there and like showed her techniques to how to get over this wall. Sure yep. enough, she freaking passed. But you know what the best part of that story is? He asked. You know, it's yeah. not like he was like, well, okay, maybe if right. you're naturally good at this. Like I always tell people, just ask. Right. The worst they can say is no. Right. You know, and it's, it's you just have to be vulnerable enough to put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and I kind of relate that back to my story too. Like I, you know, I told anyone with a pair of ears what I wanted to do. I said, I have three goals. You know, I want to be, I want to fly a golf stream around the world. I want to be cam certified, which is just a certified aviation manager. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much you study really long for this test. Um, and then you get a certificate, but it's a huge deal. And I want to be director of safety or chief pilot for uh, a corporate company. And, you know, I, I said that for a year. I had people laugh at me. I had CEOs of management companies pat me on the head and that's say, such, that's such maybe bullshit. in 10 years, you know? It's so demeaning and just disrespectful. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, I love that, you know, your dad was one of those people that, you know, he just asked for an opportunity and someone gave it to him. Yeah. An opportunity does not mean that you have to be right place, right time. Someone's going to come up to you with an envelope. You know, it's, you can make your own opportunities. And I fully believe in that. And, you know, it's a little bit spiritual, but I believe, you know, if you put it out in the universe and you can manifest it. I'm 100% you know? with you Absolutely. on that one. Yeah, he, no. it, it's really cool. I think I get a lot of that from my father too is, um, you know, at that time, it wasn't popular to be, you know, with somebody outside your race during that time. And I love, he was, he's always a person who's low key, but he went against the flow. Yeah. And he supported everyone. He loved everyone. And he's like, if you want to do it, go for it. But if you're going to do it, make sure you give 100%. Yep. So no one could hold anything against That's you. That's so you know? funny. My dad would always say, really similar, but he would be like, you know, if you are, um, I'm trying to think of it. I don't want to mess it up. Um, if you're wrong or if you're right, you better be, you better fight until everyone knows that you were right. But if you're wrong, you better be the first one to stand up and admit that you were wrong. I like that. That's you know, good. and it's, yeah. it's really similar to giving your 100%, you know? And you guys brought up, I mean, it's, I don't want to backtrack too much because uh, I feel like there's like a lot of good talking points and what this conversation leads to, right? So we're talking about, because you're saying like gender roles, right? Mm-hmm. And that's part of the, that is part of an issue as far as having kids you know, think what they're capable of doing, Mm -hmm. right? So whether it's traditionally male versus female versus what the opportunity, right? What they can achieve. Mm -hmm. And I like what you said, because I feel like when you have that conversation, the typical answer is, you know, well, like if they can't, if people, like if it's a, a male dominated industry and they're, you know, talking about bringing in women, I think, and like, and we work in that that industry oh, as well, mm-hmm. in which there's a lot more female firefighters uh, that I, you know, in the, probably in the last six, seven years than there has been in a long time, you know, and I think that the the good part is, is that, or the important part is, is that it's not because you're trying to hit a percentage, mm-hmm. right? Or at least that's what I would think. The goal isn't to be like change qualifications to allow for a certain percentage because your overall output of work has to hit a standard, Yeah. right? But the idea of encouraging that I think is good. Yeah. And it shouldn't be like if you're a little kid and you think that like, okay, if, like if you're a girl, if you want to play baseball or football or whatever sport, be a pilot, a firefighter, a police officer, whatever, right? I don't think that that ever should cross the mind of a child of being that I can't do it. Yeah. Right? So if we're doing these Let's things, go. you know, if we're, if we're, and, and it, it's a tough, it's tough sometimes because you have old school, yeah. right? Versus new school and not saying that 
either of them are a hundred percent correct because there is ways, there's tra- things to do, and yeah. these things have to be worked through and stuff. Because you, you know, when you're even talking about your grading part, right, yeah. of flight school, right, or I think of like, a, like if you're a neurosurgeon, I use that again. I don't know why. Apparently, in my upper tier of, <laughs> of job titles, <laughs> neurosurgeons who like doesn't way up look there. up to a neurosurgeon, right? But what you I'm know, saying, you got a point. But you know, when you go through your qualifications training and you're getting graded, right? There shouldn't be an A, B, C, or D, right? It mm-hmm. should be, can you do it or can you not? Period. Yeah. Perfect. You know, and I think that that's kind of trending, you know, for hopefully, like as things are, get, you know, going forward so. and stuff, because that's the reality of it, is that it doesn't matter who's working in that position as long as you're competent. Yeah. Now, what that competency is, is the hard part. Yeah. Right. And that's where things get changed because you're like, oh, they changed the test so they can have this or this, this, you know. But the reality is overall, the big push is, is that if anyone wants to do the job, they should have the opportunity to do it. Yeah. But if you can't make it in that job, it isn't because of who you are or what gender you associate with or whatever the scenario is. It's because you just can't do the job. Yeah. Which is also okay. Right. Because there is that part of it too, right? Is yeah. that it's like, where is the difference in the push, right? The push isn't that we're trying to say like, hey, everyone could do everything all the time. It's unrealistic. Yep. But having, you know, but the opportunity to do it, I think is is the goal here, right? Yeah. And so when you are a kid, because when you say that, I just think, I'm like, man, for how long was that that way? Yeah. You know, as you're being a kid thinking like, okay, well, I'm never going to be able to do this. You know, maybe me as a child, I was like, I'm never going to be a neurosurgeon, which yeah. I'm not, nor will I ever be. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like at the point of like, just as far as restricting the thought process of, hey, you know, maybe I can get there. Yeah. You know, and I think that's, that's awesome, you know, and you know, you have firsthand experience and I'm what I can only assume is a very male dominated industry. Oh yeah. You know, so. I think the latest statistics just came out that the FAA reported and for pilots, there's, I think it's 7% of the industry. Female? Yeah, seven percent is female, and then for aircraft mechanics, it's two percent of the industry. Two, I could not believe that. I thought it was at least five. Wow. But two percent. Now, do you do you think that's because of a lack of interest, or do you think that you you know what I'm saying? Like because. Yeah. You know, it's like, it, it, there's also those sides of it too, right? Yeah. It's like, well, if you only have 2% of the, the aero, aero mechanic, is that the, would be the right word? Just yeah, say? aircraft mechanic. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. As far as like, you know, I, I see that's so th- crazy because like, I didn't even know that would be a job. You, I know you, now yeah. as an adult, but like yeah. growing up, you know what I mean? Well, like you're like, oh, and that's, that be an And industry. that's, I think, the probably the leading cause. Mm. You know, when there's career day and, you know, the exposure is just not there. But okay. I'm so thankful because there's organizations, you know, if I can plug, you know, Go, this would be my uh, shameless plug. Yeah. There's, there's women in aviation. There's women in corporate aviation. Um, you know, even Young Eagles. They There's all these great organizations out there who put on events for the next generation. Um, and in October, there's always girls in aviation day. And Beautiful. it is just, Oh my, it is the most heartwarming event because th- again, the goal is not to, to convince all the little girls, um, who go to this to become pilots or astronauts or mechanics or right. flight attendants or dispatchers. It's to let them know that it's there. Yes. It's an option if you want it. And who knows, maybe they go, well, I like the mechanic side of it. I'm really good, but I like, you know, I like math and science. Maybe I want to become an engineer or maybe I want to become a car mechanic. Yeah. You never know what's going to inspire, right? Exactly. It's just getting those wheels spinning in the exposures. Like you were saying, that's definitely the leading cause. I, I personally feel. Yeah. I never. Just the awareness. Yeah. What he said, when you brought that up about, um, 
you know, being a mechanic, I never thought about that either. Yeah. I'm thinking, because we have, we have motors in our vehicles, right? So you always know mechanics. I'd never thought about that with planes. Yeah. I mean, sure, you have to have them. I remember reading something. This was last year, but I think it's a generational thing too, because, you know, the, the, <laughs> you freaking boomers, um, all the boomers, <laughs> boomers going to boom, baby. Let's go. <laughs> They're all retiring, right? So there's a, this big gap in all these career fields that need to be feel, filled, yeah. right? We're seeing it in our, you know, where we work, there's a That's huge- That's why there's gap. a pilot shortage. That's what I was going to say. They're saying there's a huge pilot shortage yeah. right now. Oh. So I'm trying, I'm wondering how they're going to combat that. You know, if they're going to, um, I wouldn't say make it easier, but what you, will, um, I'm trying to say this here, will um, airline companies hire people with less hours and get them up to par before they put them in the plane? So- Pretty much. Um, okay. There's new programs coming out, like Southwest has one. Um, I think I saw that one. the other one? It. Yeah, it's yeah. like Destination 225, where, mm-hmm. you know, there's three different categories that you can fall into. Are you, um, and don't quote me, hopefully you have a fact checker at the end of this. Sam. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, you can, yeah, look, yeah, up, you can look up this program, but I'm pretty sure like they'll take people off the street. Oh, and wow. they'll put them into a cadet training and say, get your private, get your instrument, get your commercial, you know, build up, become a flight instructor. Then you're going to get hired at one of our partner companies, you know, and Very then cool. you fly for them. So you fly on the corporate side doing charters and you get your jet time, you get your uh, multi-engine time because it's all built on time. Okay. Um, you know, for a company like Southwest, you probably need like 2000 hours total time, a thousand jet time. Um, so that takes years. And that's with all your, what now, what are the ratings you have to have? There's, so you start with your private pilot's license, which I, if I had to equate it to something, it's almost like being able to drive a go-kart. Okay. You're like, I can drive, um, you know, I can't go very fast and, you know, fly the fanciest things, but I can drive. Yeah. Um, then you get your instrument. So that's, you're able to fly in the clouds. Um, is that VFR, right? Is that the VFR is visual flight rules? Yep. So that's your private pilot's license. IFR. Yeah. I knew something about aviation people. There we go. I'll just fall from the planes. (laughs) (laughs) And then IFR is instrument flight rules. Okay. Um, so yeah, flying in the clouds, you know, you're, you're getting more advanced, um, different weather, you're shooting approaches, things like that. Then you get your commercial, um, which at 250 hours, then you can fly passengers for hire. So you can actually get paid. So as a private pilot, you can't, you can't just start transporting people and charging them. That's illegal. Oh, wow. Yeah. So then- You should probably stop doing that, Kim. No, <laughs> <laughs> He's joking. He's joking. joking. It's a joke. Yeah. That's not true at all. <laughs> Uh, yes, yeah, so a commercial. And then normally, um, what people will do is get their flight instructor's license. So their CFI and then CFI is you teach private students. And that gets you more hours, right? It does. Let's go. And it's a way to get paid to get more hours. Ah. But of course I'm difficult. I'm the black sheep of everything. So Good. I did it differently. Hell yeah. So I did private instrument and then I did my multi-commercial. Um, What's which multi-commercial means, mean? So I flew an airplane with two engines rather than one to get my commercial license. Okay. okay. And then I did a single engine add-on. Um, so pretty much then I went back to a single engine airplane, got the commercial rating in okay. that airplane. So you did it kind of backwards as opposed to like starting yeah. with... Yeah. That'd be like a fixed wing, single prop engine leading yeah. up to like a jet... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Trying to throw out some things. Yeah. No. But uh, that's cool. Hey, what did you Did you find it was easier to... Would that be like kind of like regressing into the first, like, because it's like you started with like the Corvette and you moved to a minivan <laughs> or? Um, uh, let's see if I can think of an analogy, but the reasoning behind why I did it that way was because I knew I didn't want to become an airline pilot. So okay. 
Um, Corporate has a little bit more flexibility in that there's different types of airplanes you can fly with different minimums for your hours. Like I was saying, you know, 2000 hours for Southwest. Mm -hmm. Um, So I figured if I can get more multi-time right from the start, that would make me a more attracted candidate um, for a corporate company. And then I also thought, you know, cause it's really expensive. I have to just put that out there. You know, if you want to become a pilot, I mean, savings is key. Having a job, you know, it just planning ahead. They do school loans for this. Can you get school loans? I for think somewhere? so. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, there's options out there, scholarships right. and everything else, but, um, yeah, it's, it's not cheap, unfortunately. So, um, I figured what I could do is graduate, get my multi-commercial single engine out on, get a job. And then on the weekends, do my CFI. Okay. Um, I figured, let me just get a salary because I have student loans. So let me start paying them off. Right. And then, you know, I'll work up from there because time for me wasn't a huge issue. A lot of people are like, I need to get to the airlines. I need to get to the airlines because your seniority number matters. Even oh. if you're 30 seniority numbers back, you know, when something like COVID happens, you know, that could be you losing your job or keeping your job. Man, I didn't uh, think about that. Yeah. Wow. That makes wow. sense. So that's why everyone, if you want to go to the airlines, it's like, let me get there as fast as possible. But for me, I was like, well, that's not a huge priority. It's important, but it's not a huge priority. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did. And it worked out in my favor because I pretty much graduated and I applied for every job around the country, no matter what the minimums were. I was like, I don't care what you want. Here's who I am. Can we make it work? I love it. And actually there was a, a company back at my home airport in Westchester and I just applied and the title I think was uh, flight locator, which means you're essentially a dispatcher. So someone who makes sure the airplane is regulatory and legal to fly. And then, you know, you do all the flood, not necessarily flight planning, but um, planning for the flight. So catering, passengers, weights, um, you know, all of these things that go into the, the pre-planning of the flight. So I'm in the interview and it's a, it's a phone interview, um, with the director of operations. And he's like, you know, maybe half an hour. And he's like, so why don't you want to fly anymore? I'm like, Oh no, 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 no. I want to fly. And I told him my plan. I said, I'm thinking of getting this job, doing my CFI on the weekends. Mm -hmm. Once I have enough hours and have a good rapport with you, maybe you could hire me to be one of your pilots. He's like, we have this airplane where you can be a second in command. We would also put you in the office. You're making a salary. He's like, what, you know, and we just came up with this job together. That is so awesome. Yeah. Wow. And that's what, that's why I really talk about the opportunities because if I would have just kept my mouth shut and, you know, or if he had never asked me that question or if I was never honest, like if I thought maybe I was going to offend him by saying, you know, I'm essentially going to use you guys for a little bit and then hopefully ask for a better job down the road. Yeah. You know, maybe I thought he was going to be offended or think that I was asking for too much. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that's a real fear. Yeah. Um, but you know, you just, you just got to say it, you, you know, gotta put yourself out. And I like that you did that. You applied everywhere. You put yourself out there. You weren't afraid to get a job that wasn't what you wanted to do, but you knew you were going to get to where you wanted to yeah. go. I, I, I think it's kind of being lost right now, generationally. Um, we see a lot where people are just like, well, I just want to be the CEO or the head pilot. It's mm-hmm. like, well, dude, we all, you know, everyone start at the bottom. You got to be part a good employee to be a good boss. Right. Right. That's what I think. They got to be able to trust you with the small before they give you the great. Yep. Right. God, that's freaking awesome. Yeah. This, this whole conversation, I keep thinking of like the same, like, uh, like a topic that keeps uh, like standing out in my head. Like, I feel like our school system, like in high school, does a disservice to kids trying to figure out what they want to do. Like, and I, and again, I've been uh, quite a while out of high school, <laughs> but I just know that, you know, as far as like 
like you said, like, you know, when you're doing like promoting for this is a career opportunity, you know, like career day, right? Yeah. Like, and I like you go back, like, I remember they did like a career day, but it wasn't really like pumped out there that hard. You know, it's like the kind of push is like you need to go to a university and this and this. Right. And like, that's always been my gripe with the school system. And it's not knocking on anyone who goes to like a traditional four-year university or yeah. trying to get their degree because it, it does teach you a lot. And, you know, but it, it's not for everyone. And I think that like those are the opportunities where you have like these other companies or different careers, right? Whether it's aviation or public service or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Just advertisement, you yeah. know, just things like that where like you can really have these outside influences like change this next group of the future into where they, you know, if everyone's all about thinking for yourself, Right. And have an independent thought processing and how you do it. You don't have to do what everyone else does. And yada, yada, yada. I'm sure we've heard that our entire lives. Yeah. Right. But those are the opportunities where you really can do that. Right. Because you're showing all these kids. There's this, there's multifaceted of success that you can get out of your life career wise that may not necessarily mean, you know, look, you went to a, you went to a university, but for aviation. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? How many people know that that even exists? I didn't know that existed. Oh, my gosh. I that's why I, today. So <laughs> that's why I have to say the name really slow because people are like, what? Yeah. I'm like Embry Riddle Aaron because it's a long title too. Yeah. <laughs> but exactly like people don't know that these these schools are out there. Yeah, and it, like I know there's a lot of things like uh, we were talking about like um like air airline mechanics, mm -hmm. right? Or I have a buddy that did a trade school. He was a, he was a mechanic like yeah, his dad was a mechanic. He was yeah. a mechanic. He's a full motorhead can like rip apart an engine, put it back together, Love but always it. with cars. Yeah, when he he worked for an auto, like an auto body shop for a while and was trying to move up and just trying to figure out what he was doing. He ended up seeing a flyer about like, uh, basically if you wanted to do like exotic cars or whatever, just to try to level up because he wanted to make more money. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. And when he went through this trade program, it was like three or four months or whatever. At the end of it, they had a career day and they had somebody there that was either, he said, I can't remember. It was like, there was aerospace stuff, there was aviation, and then there was uh, like marine, like uh, for boats. But oh. it wasn't for like regular boats. It was for like cruise ship liners, uh, battleships, oh like like gosh. big, big, you know, big engine stuff. And he's like, oh, that was interesting. So I hit him up. They end up saying, they're like, yeah, when you go through our class, they basically line you out with a job. And as soon as it did, dude, the guy's making great money doing awesome. what he loves to do. And the stuff, but these like... Where I'm getting at is that there's so many different things that like the general public, we have no idea exist. Yeah. You know, so when we're when we're sitting there and we're like analyzing the youth, because it's really easy to do. You're barely out of that category, by the way. But I you know. know. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm used but, to it. But you keep, know, keep talking. No, but and I don't mean that <laughs> that just means you're twenty steps ahead. That's all that means. But you know, when we, when like as a, as a society, when we were like, you know, like kids need to make better decisions and figure out what they're doing with their lives. Yeah. And it's like, well, a lot of the reason, at least to me, is that the reason why they're not, you know, other than being a teenager and maybe being a little lazy, there's a, there's a large group of them who are ready to start the grind. Yeah. You know what I mean? They just might not have found the avenue for them yet. Yeah. And I just think like hearing all that stuff, man, it's like... <laughs> They should really figure out the high school curriculum in a better way to at least give a ton of different options. And I'm, I'm sure someone, if they're listening, they're like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> like, you might be right. But then again, I don't see it either. You yeah. know what I mean? So, you know. Think about how many kids in high school are like, I don't know what I want to do. And then it's time to apply to a college. And they're like, I don't know where to go oh, or yeah. what to major in. And yeah. 
you know, you just don't, you really don't know. Yeah. I mean, and that's, and, and that's one of those things where, I mean, like when I was in high school, it was like, well, like I played baseball, you mm-hmm. know, and it's like, I was good, but I wasn't going to be some superstar anywhere, you know? And it was just like, I was thinking, well, I have a couple of buddies, dads who are firefighters. That seems like a cool job. Or it was the military. That was pretty much where I was going with. Yeah. You know, and not that those are bad choices by any means, because at least you're thinking, right, about the future. But look to how you were exposed to it. It's because you knew someone. Right. It's oh, it's always that way. Aviation is the same way. It's like, oh, well, and I'm I'm one of those people. Oh, well, my dad was a pilot. That's how I got into it. Mm. And that's why I think, you know, I, I think this is where you're going. Um, sorry for interrupting. Oh, but, yeah. um, you know, that's why I always feel like I have an obligation to give back or I have an obligation to be a voice for someone who doesn't have a father or a mother or an aunt or an uncle that's in aviation. You know, I can say, no, look, look, look at me, you know. You don't right. need someone in your family. Here's right. how you can do it. Let me be your resource. Yeah. Even if it is over the internet or That's a good point. Whatever. I mean, because uh, growing up, uh, when, it, when I hit a teenager, my dad, he's, he's a career military man, special, mm-hmm. you know, Green Beret. And I thought, okay, I'm just going to do, I'm going to go to the military. I'm going to do this. I remember my dad was like, you know, <laughs> why don't you try some different options, you know? And, and I remember I went to the police explorer. I was trying to get into police explorers. And then a, one of my best friends in high school who now works for us, uh, Joe Darling, Shout out, my buddy. Um, he's like, hey, I'm in the Fire Explorer. You should do it with me. This is more fun. I was like, yeah, I'll check it out. And then I went. I was 15 years old. And then from there on, I was like, I want to be a firefighter. That is so awesome. And that's kind of, it's like, it's like you said, you just don't know until you meet somebody or whatever it is. And, uh, you know, it's and interesting. That, and that age, I think, is so crucial because you still have your curiosity of a child, but you have the intelligence of a teenager to make those decisions. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's such a, a formative year. And so it, it is sad to see that, you know, the high schools aren't doing more. But, you know, I really relate to that because um, when I found aviation, I was serious about it. Um, you know, my parents are always my biggest supporters, but they're realists. Like I was notorious for picking something up and then a month later being like, oh yeah, whatever, you know, like the opposite of consistency. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, you know, they were like, prove to us that you really want to do this. So I went online, I did my research and I found that the school I went to, Ember Riddle had a summer camp and it was a week long and you go and you take classes, you stay in the dorm and it's like an intro to college. That's um, cool. But oh, it's nice. also an intro to aviation. And that was me. The second day I was like, I'm going to school here. I'm going to fly. This is what I want to do. And it was because, you know, you see it to believe it. Wow. You know what I just thought about? What? I was watching this documentary about the last, uh, I think it's Falcon 4. Is that the last one of SpaceX that they went? Oh, or they, yeah. They uh, circled the globe, I think, three or four times. Yeah. And it's all civilians. Yeah. And it was a private pilot. And I was. I would want to ask Mike, is that something you think you might want to do one day? Who, me? Yeah. Yeah. I think you can do it. Let's go. I think, oh, I love, hit the ball. <laughs> I think you can do it. <laughs> I mean, because you know what? I It's not, a, it's not impossible. The guy who's flying, I mean, he is a billionaire. He's got his own like jet fighter plane yeah. and stuff. But that being said, that would be freaking amazing. So I, I it's, I'm so torn between this great debate of, you know, is space exploration worth it? Because there's so many people on our planet that are struggling. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I really sympathize with that. But, part of me being in the in the industry I am, I'm like, how many people do you think in the 20s and the 30s when aviation was booming and the airlines were starting that they were going, oh, it's just something for the rich. You True. know, it's, it's just a Good luxury point. that they get to throw their money away and then they go on these airplanes and eat these fancy meals. You know, right now we're looking at it like, oh, people are just circling the globe in a spaceship because they can, but 
part of me really truly believes that this is the first step of technology. You know, who knows if, you know, someone who wants to become a pilot who's born now might become a space exploration pilot right. because they're flying people from New York to Hong Kong in four hours. That's you know, crazy. like what if that's the future? And I, I, I really, maybe it's me being an optimist, but I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is, this is the future, you know? Like, why would we stop this? I think if someone wants to blow their own money on it, right? right, right. (laughs) Because we're not spending tax money on it. (laughs) I like that you said it like that because, like, I am or have been, and I know I've said it on the podcast. I was one of kind of like a a Jeff Bezos hater. Yeah, I want to hate him so much. I do because, like, I always think of like priority, right? So it's like, okay, well, you know, it's like debt hunger, boom, you know, we can go down the list of like world capacities or even just our country, right? Or how his employees are being treated. Or how his employees are being treated. So it's like... It's a real thing. It's easy to knock the people that can afford it because they're easy to shit on in general because Mm -hmm. you can just break them down, right? And like, why wouldn't they just be doing this? And it's like, okay, one, I get it. I don't know. I'm not in that position. But that is an interesting take. I like how you're saying because, like, it is the progress of technology and society and how they correlate. You know, like that was a great example of talking about people who were riding in planes. Yeah. You know, because it was something accessible to people who had money. And so I'm sure at the time, people like me would be shitting on those people. <laughs> you know, like, look at you getting from California to New York in yeah. six hours, a piece of crap. You know, it's like, you should be fixing tires. You know what I mean? Like, let's make those better, you know? So I, I totally, that's a good way to look at it because like, you know, it is advancement, right? And yeah. the idea is that once you can kind of nail that down, which a lot of the times it is pushed by people with money because that's just how it has to be, you know? Yeah. Unless the government, you know, but I feel like we get a little bit more technologically savvy with outside agencies or private business pushing that driving force. Um, you know, so maybe like you said, one day, like whether it's, uh, now I might be butchering this, but like, you know, you, you have the capabilities of the planes or where you're going into space to do the traveling part. Cause like you said, from you know, it was in New York to Hong Kong in four hours, yeah. you know what I mean? And maybe that will be the future, you know, yeah. that will be accessible to the public or, you know, more reasonable in price, you know? So, Anyway, I felt bad while you're saying that. I was like, man, I was that guy. Oh, hey, you know what? Yeah, I just want to put in the universe. I I hope that happens for you. I think that'd yeah. be awesome. I, not to be weird, but I'd probably watch and be shedding tears like I fucking know her. <laughs> oh yeah, well, I know that woman. Maybe be the the figurehead of whatever company pushes that first. Yeah. You know, I mean, be you're crazy. in a really good spot for it. Oh hell yeah, no. starting in early and no. you know that's Great so cool. Are you are you um are you involved with any of those girls group? Yeah. So I'm the membership coordinator for women in corporate aviation. So a 501c3 nonprofit. Awesome. Um, and they honestly are the reason why I have the job I have right now. Okay. Um, you know, I, and I'd like to tell the story of how I got interested or or excuse me, how I got involved. Um, because there's always the women in aviation conference. So I went my freshman year of college because I joined the local chapter and, um, I remember, you know, it's like any conference when you go for the first time, it's so overwhelming. I was 17, like bright eyed and bushy and there's companies and there's booths and whatever else. So I go walking up and just women in corporate aviation, a bunch of nice ladies greeted me and we start chatting and one's like, Oh, I'm the chief pilot of Coca-Cola. Oh, I, you know, I'm the chief pilot for FedEx corporate. Like wow. no like, one knows what? that FedEx has corporate jets. I you didn't know. know yeah. <laughs> I no you know, I always say too, this is a side note, but Think of any Fortune 500 company, like most likely they have an airplane, if not many. Wow. People don't realize it. I didn't know that. Yeah. No idea. And it's because, you know, it's what do you value more, your time or your money? If your time's more important, you're going to fly. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, but side note, um, so I go walking up and I'm hearing all these like luxurious jobs that they have. I'm like, wow, this is really cool. So I sign up, I pay my $25 student membership fee. And then a year goes by and I'm like, the heck I didn't do anything. You know, like I, I, I'm paid, but you know, I didn't contribute. So I go the next year and I'm like, what can I do? And so they're like, well, we're looking for, you know, I think it was like treasurer and something, but you know, we're also interested in getting into social media. Mm. So again, now I'm 18. I'm like, well, I know how to work Instagram. Like yeah. let's work something out. So I started volunteering for them as their social media coordinator. And I always say to you for the next generation, you know, get involved with the older generations, you know, not because the the basic principle of respecting your elders, but also they have so much they can teach you and they want to be proud of you. Yeah. Like let's prove them wrong. You know, that we are not lazy generations and whatever else, you know, let's prove them wrong because they want to be proven wrong. Mm. So it was like, I, anything I did was a gold star to them. They were like through the moon happy. And it was, it also encourages you, right? Oh, 100%. It starts to pump you up and give you more encouragement. So much more. Yeah. So, um, I start volunteering as social media coordinator and through the years, you know, I just, um, kept volunteering, going to the conferences, working booths, things like that. And, um, you know, now I call them my aviation aunties because they're, you know, they're cooler than moms, but you know, the age gap is definitely there, Yeah. but you know, just the same women I would see every year. And it's not like we would talk throughout the years, maybe if I was working on a project or something. So it's, it was very much a a, acquaintanceship leading into a friendship. Um, but still in a respectful professional manner, but, um, so yeah, so pretty much I, I built these relationships with them and then, you know, fast forward, I'm now working for this company in New York mm-hmm. and I get a call one day from one of them. I'm like, Lisa, hi, how are you? You know, I haven't seen you since last year. And she's like, are you, are you looking for a job at all? I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm always looking for a job. Yeah. yeah what's up? Um, she's like, well, there's this company in Chicago. I think you should apply. So she sends me the application and long behold, I, I fill out three, three quarters of it. It gets to the bottom and it says Gulfstream 550 captain. And I call her back and I'm like, what drugs are you taking? Because they must be good. Yeah. yeah you got the good stuff. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, and I was like, I'm not qualified. She's like, just apply, just apply, Love just it. apply. And that's what I did. And you know, and that's why you know, it's crazy because I sit here too and I'm like, holy crap, I'm 25 and I have this job that people who are in their 40s are still aiming to get. Wow. Um, and it's just the the nature of the industry that, you know, hours take time and time equates to age. So, um, you know, it's that process, but it's it's a matter of, you know, there's that saying, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Mm-hmm. But I add to that. I say, it's not what you know, it's uh, it's who you know and how hard you can work. Yes. Because to some capacity, you know, you have to, to know someone, but then prove them, prove to them that you can actually do it. Still got to put the work yeah. in. Yeah. yeah. So that's essentially how I got this job. And it, it all came back to that organization and, and them inspiring me and motivating me and, and showing me that it was possible. Yeah. And at sometimes even, you know, giving me a good kick to the behind and saying, just do it. Right. Just uh, do it. Well, right. I mean, you say it all the time, dude, you got to shoot your shot. Yeah. You know, and unless you, you don't, you don't know. Look, the worst case scenario is you said no, right? Yeah. And you still keep trucking along and pursuing what you're pursuing and any availability, you keep applying. But if you don't do it, you're never going to know. And I mean, yeah. look what that <laughs> look what that opportunity gave to you. Yeah. I, mean, I got that's that's huge. Thank you for sharing all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, man, that's uh, 
very much a role model esque here. <laughs> oh, it's you know, inspiring so I, for me, man. Yeah, me too. I'm kind of thinking. I'm like, man, I gotta pick up my game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, I've, right. Anyway, yeah, well, one thing but, I'm picking up from you though, I love it's. And Jordan said, I say it all the time, but it's like, shoot your shot. Don't be afraid to fail. And what I'm picking up from you is like, you're going for it. Whether it's you make it or not, you're still going to keep pursuing, right? Yeah. Because I think there's something to be learned too, also in failure. Failure is not necessarily a bad thing. Oh, I've yeah. failed often at a lot of things I pursued, mm-hmm. but I take that hit and you reorganize like, okay, I'm going to do better this time. I'm going to go this way or go this route. But also in some of those failures, I've made great connections. Yeah. And all those great connections, they mentor you. They say, hey, it's okay. Next time you go in this interview or next time you go for this job or when you're training for this, try it this way. Or go talk to this person. They'll line you out. Yeah. Right? So it's like, don't be afraid to fail. It's okay. And also vice versa to that. You know, if you don't get the job, that's when you reach out and say, why didn't I? Right. What can I do better? What would make me a better applicant? Or what would make me more qualified? What are you looking for? And, you know, through Women in Corporate Aviation, we give out scholarships twice a year. And I review a lot of the scholarships and other organizations too. I'll, you know, be on their scholarship committees. And it's so common that you have a really great applicant, like the person themselves is great, but their essay was, was a little short or, uh, their letters of recommendations were outdated. So like it just, they lost stupid points somewhere and ultimately the money went to someone else. Mm -hmm. And I wish those people would reach out to me and say, Hey, I didn't get it this year, but what do you think I could do better? Mm -hmm. So that way I could say, you will win this if you do X, Y, and Z, because you're a great, you're a great candidate. Your application was just, it just missed the mark. Yeah. And, you know, we have had some people do it and then they've won. <laughs> right. And they come back and they do better, right? Yeah. That's awesome. And then they got $2,000 for free. Boom. Dude, that's yep. so cool. Good for you. I mean, good for you for at least putting yourself out there too. Because I think that's the other half of it is that the people who have worked hard to get in these good positions, it's kind of like you're paying forward. You know what yeah, I mean? Absolutely. Like someone helped you out. Uh, or whether, not saying that everyone gets the handout, but like whether you do or don't, but you get into these positions, that's what we can do as like individuals for society is that anybody has interest in the same field that your profession is in, you know, and like I, I try my best to be like that with everyone who wants to get involved in the fire department. You know, I'm like, just come on in. Whatever day I'm here, more than welcome. Yeah. Like, I'll sit down. I'll sit down with you and talk to you all day. And like, it's funny going over applications and stuff or resumes or interview yeah. skills or whatever it is. I'm always open to help somebody out because I feel like that's my way of giving back, you know. And I feel like if everyone took that, you know, not that everyone has to de- devote all their time to it, but, you know, a little bit of time of saying like, hey, you know, you didn't get it on this application. Why next time, why don't you send me what you have? Let's go over it. Yeah. Right. Because like I have expertise in this, I'm going to help you get to that next level. And hopefully, you know, it, it goes and then they can help somebody else. And that's just how I keep passing it forward, you know? Yeah. We're passing it. I guess that's we'd just be passing yeah. the baton. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, was it forward? You paid it forward or backwards? But either way, it's towards progress. Yeah. Let's just go that way. Yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, I love a good conspiracy theory. Ooh. So I got to ask you this. Yeah. Amelia Earhart. Yeah. Have you followed that a little bit? Oh, <laughs> Have I? Slightly. Have I? God, what are you? What's your thought on that? Do you think she like was marooned on an island? There's a couple islands, right? Nick Morrow and a couple other ones. But what are you? I mean, I hope. My thing is, I just hope they they find find her one day or her plane. Oh my or something. god, that's what I I that's, that's all I want. Yeah, same here. Because I fall all the time. I'm always yeah. googling it because I love conspiracy theories. Whether it's a conspiracy theory or, or you're trying to figure out what happened. Yeah, that story always interests me, mainly because. I went real in depth with it one time and I, I watched a couple of different documentaries and some different websites. Mm-hmm. She paved the way, man. And I mean, 
And in that plan that she had, and for that time to map out where she's going, where she's flying, that took a lot of work. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's no GPS like we have now or iPads or whatever. And she did it. Yeah. And I'm thinking, God, she was right there. And it's like, now she's gone. I know. Come on, man. Oh man, I uh, I have so much to say, and I'm I'm like, calm down, calm down, um, because I've I've heard them too. Like, there's theories where um, she was taking off from Papua New Guinea, mm-hmm. and you know she had some sort of emergency turned back. They have some sort of like radio evidence. There's now, um, you know, like people are are investigating more, and there's just there's there's so I think there's progress. I think there's attention, but. Man, I just oh my god, I want to I uh, I want to go into it and I, I it's for some reason I I just I don't feel like it's my story to speculate. I got you. Like I, I it's just you. her legacy was so great it was and an it's amazing yeah. legacy. Amazing legacy. I've, unfortunately, I feel like so much time is going by. I don't know about erosion, ocean water with yeah. planes and all that, but I do know there was an issue with her or possibly right with her navigator. Yeah, I think he was Eric Newman. Yeah, Eric I don't know if he was a drunk Newman. or what it was. They had some type of issue with him, but yeah. I hope one day they, they find uh, her or the plane or something like yeah. that because it's such a great story. I know it's amazing, and and you want to talk about breaking barriers for a time? Oh my gosh, was that not accepted? Right? I, know. I mean, there was fanfare, but you know, people were hating on her. Oh, for sure, absolutely hating on for her for sure. But gosh, it's so it's such a I love that story. Yeah. I'm like hooked on it all the time. My mind is running like a mile a minute now. I'm like, <laughs> I think we like, should, we, we gotta find her. I know. <laughs> do a, uh, we should do like a like a fun like conspiracy podcast like episode. Hell yeah, we're like. Yeah, I don't know. We can all do like a different one. So that like, you got to be like the Amelia Earhart specialist. Yeah. I hope I can right? back for that one. Yeah, oh, well, that would be sick. I was, I was going to say like, you don't have a choice. You're pretty much going to have to come back. Yeah, you have to be. Multiple yeah. times. Oh, that'd no. be, that'd be really. Yeah, oh, dang it. There was one more thing yeah. I did want to ask you though. Okay, I've seen pilots with the iPads. Yeah. They're using iPads now. What's that for? What are they doing on the iPad? So um, many things. So like we have our maintenance tracking on there. We have um, our one of our flight planning services and then there's other optional ones that you can have. So definitely like a lot of different apps, a lot of different supplemental, um, that's the best word I can use to describe it. Supplemental, I guess like education, um, services for us. Okay. Cause yeah, I see it up on the, what do you call it a dash? Sometimes I'll yeah, see like, windshield, yeah. yeah, it's like poked up right here. I'm like, dude, freaking technology. Yeah. So like different uh, approach charts, like, you know, sometimes, especially us, like we're just so used to using our fingers and touching things now that right. um, sometimes it's just easier to scroll in and find a frequency or, you know, what was that number again? And, right. you know, it's just right there. And I'm um, so glad those are your answers. And it wasn't like Hulu. <laughs> Playing PUBG, I'm catching, dude. Yeah. I'm catching up on some, uh, <laughs> some binge worthy series. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, it, Kim, I we are so glad you, you came here. We're going to wrap this up. We have some questions for you. Oh, all right. Um, we're going to, everyone's going to answer, including Sam, but it's going to start with you. Okay. Okay. So, um, okay. I don't know. It's kind of, yeah, we'll open up with this one. It's kind of a weird one. So, if there is one thing that someone could say that immediately makes you hate them, what would it be? I hate New York pizza. That was a very fast answer. <laughs> That's actually pretty good. That was, that was very fast. What was the question again? So basically, if there's something that somebody says that immediately makes you not like them, or this is hate, but we'll say not like. Yeah. What is it? Mm. Yeah, I'm I'm sticking to that. 
that they hate New York. Oh, it pizza. makes my blood boil. They're full of shit. It's delicious. No, because <laughs> no, because living well, like living in Chicago, they're like, oh, this pizza. I'm like, no, 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 it's cheese pie. Cheese yeah. pie. It's cheese it pie. It is what it is. It's like yeah. it's it's delicious. Don't get me wrong. It's not. Yeah. Don't call it pizza. That's yeah. blasphemy. I like that artichokes <laughs> place. I don't know if it's still around in New York, the artichoke pizza, but there's a place, I think it's like, there's a couple of them called artichokes. Oh, okay. It's like basically like a artichoke dip on top of pizza. It's delicious. Oh my God. I mean, I'm not opposed. It's pretty good. Wow. You know what mine is? I hate when a male comes up to me or a passing, they, they say, hey, what's up, chief? <laughs> hey, what up, boss? I'm like, but I feel like it's kind of condescending, dude. I don't like that. Yeah. Now, now don't come up to me. And say, hey, what's up, Chief? I hate that. Well, that's like the equivalent of like, hey, lady boss. Yeah. Yes. Ever, like, yes, exactly. Like, I go up to you and be like, hey, manly boss. Yeah, exactly. Like, don't exactly. call me lady boss. I hate that. No. I hate that. What's yeah. up, boss? I'm like, I'm like, no, dude. God. Yeah. Oh, I got to answer this, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I really don't know because I feel like I don't care that much, you know, but I don't because like, I don't like that either. Yeah. Like, I don't like be like, you know, like K-sport. <laughs> or like things like that, you know. So I guess I'll just roll with that answer. Okay. I was like, I was trying to get deep because I like I don't like not like it when people say they hate sports. Yeah, I was like in general, just all the sports you hate. But even if someone you know, came because up if to they you? don't, they're probably great rad people. You know yeah. what I mean? They just don't like sports. So I wouldn't say that I don't like. Them. Well, you know, it's another one though that people say, and probably because I still look. Young. I'm not old, but I still look not my age. I hate kid. I'm like bitch. Is there a kid around here? Like, I, I don't know where there's a kid. Like, what are you talking about? It happens a lot at work around like older people. You go to part, like, not parties, but social kiddo. Gatherings. Yeah, hey, what up, kiddo? I'm like, bro, I ain't no fucking kid, man. Uh, what are you talking <laughs> about? I hate, I feel like that's condescending. Absolutely. Uh, Matt, Sam, you got that. one? What up, Chief? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yo. You're fired. I've been waiting to say that. Stupid. Yo, man. No, I mean, my biggest thing is when it's assumed that I either rap or I play a sport. Oh, Jesus. And it's, it's every club, everywhere I've ever been. It's, you know, it, bro, I, I've seen that. I've seen... Oh jeez! Uh, oh, man. is that oh. one of your rap songs? <laughs> uh, uh, he's dropping know, right? yeah. He's dropping beat. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops! That was mom. Is he plugging uh, it? You're plugging it up. Speaking bad. of which, oh, uh, <laughs> um, sorry about that, guys. Uh, no, you're good. But dude. yeah, no, man. Like every club, everywhere I've been, it's like it's assumed that I'm on some type of football, some team. Well, you, you, know, are a, you are a you're, jacked black man, you okay? Know, I mean, yeah, not to say it's appropriate, sorry, but, dude, but you're intimidating, dude. It's a stereotype, though, also, you know? So, but yeah, what were you going to say, Jordan? No, I was just saying it's, yeah, I was like, well, look, dude, you look the part of being, like, super in shape, and you're you're not, like, a sh- oh, that sounds mean, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, a taller, tall, kind of shape guy, not kind of, a jacked dude typically has some sort of association, maybe with the sports team, and you're younger, you know what I mean? Right, right, right. So I could see that. The yeah. rap one, not as much, but I could see the sports, you right, know. Right, yeah, No, I get that. Kim, Kim, you got to understand our boy here, Sam, okay? Yeah. He's got some style. Right, I'm, I'm pretty... I'm, I, mean, I wear black shirt or and black pants or jeans. I was going to say, are you just saying that because all three of you are wearing black shirts? No, no, <laughs> I only wear black shirts, right? It just makes a lot of my life we simple. We all text each but other. Sam will yeah. come... Like the other day, Sam, and Sam can pull this off. I can't do it. He came walking in. He had his nice shirt on. He had some skinny jeans and he had white like leather suede boots or boots on and i was like my that's man nice. you got it that's nice. i can't do that i can't oh, fucking do that it's just because you think you can't fashion is about confidence exactly 
Thank you. Fashion Kim. is all confidence. Sam, well, what side are you on right now? Man? Well, I'm not confident. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not confident enough yes. to wear white snake skin boots in any ensemble and any scenario. Fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make it. I can barely take my own advice, but yeah, fashion is confidence. <laughs> What's the next one you got, Jordan? All right, next question. It says, if you can party with one... Okay, so this one's, if you can party with one sports team from any point in time in history, or we can say individual, okay, from okay. sporting individual, yeah. uh, who would it be? So and we're changing to any individual. Well, yeah, just uh, the question is for sports team, but like if there's like a mm. like I don't know any historic. Let's go. Know. Yeah, what, what what team? Well, I'm trying to think. Uh, what, who does Tom Brady play for now? It's not the Patriots. Buccaneers. He moved Buccaneers. to the Buccaneers. Probably that because you know I saw the pictures of uh, the parade afterwards and he was stumbling out of there. So dude, he was. Yeah, him I would like. Arm. I would like to not remember that party with him. Is that that one? Right, <laughs> is that the one where him and Gronk they threw the uh, yeah, yeah the trophy the boat. from boat to boat? Yeah, yeah. I want to go to that party with them. You I would know, do that. For me, Chicago Bulls during their their era with Michael Jordan. Oh, all this, I feel yes. like yes, those Wait, guys were off good because that's what we grew up with, right? Yeah. That, that watch era. out for Rodman, dude. Oh, dude, that guy's gonna be pushing the pace <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> yeah, That'd like be freaking that. awesome. Yep. Uh, let's see here. Mine would be the 1985 Bears because oh. uh, that's the year they won the Super Bowl. Oh. And there was uh, like Walter Payton, Jim McMahon, and, you know, and it was the 80s. So I'm sure it was gnarly oh, part yeah. of the time. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm a huge Bears fan. So Jeez. that would be a neat opportunity to hang out with those yeah. guys. Let's go Sam, to the Bears game. Yeah, Sam, what rap group? <coughs> yeah, okay. okay. You know what, Chief? You know right, what? Easy, oh, you know what, Chief? We're gonna <laughs> I was thinking the same thing you were thinking about the Bulls, bro. Yeah, right? man. I don't know. Dude. Just watching Jordan just pop that what, champagne. What was that documentary? Um it was uh, the last The Last no, Dance. Last, last dance. dance. Last Dance. There you go. Yeah. Man, I watched yeah. that and I was so like, dope. I wish I was a little older than that era so I could be yep. there, man. Yep. I got I feel you, dude. Yeah, man. Hell yeah. Dope. I like that question, dude. Yeah, that was yeah. a fun one. We'll have to Keep I feel like on. every once in a while we'll come across questions that I just would like to ask those every time because yeah. they're just fun ones. What's all the right. last one you got? This is all, I, I like this one. It says, uh, if you can live inside of one TV show, what would it be? Oh my God, this is so difficult. Right? I Super hard question because I have like 20 answers, dude. So I will say I am so odd when it comes to TV shows because I cannot start a new TV show if I'm by myself. Really? Yes. Oh, I have to, I can finish one, but I cannot start one. So I, I binge hard. I, binge I just rewatch the same thing over and over and over again. So Seinfeld. I, d I do like Seinfeld. Okay. It's not one I can just like put on and, and you know, it's, it's one of those I'll like clean the house too. Okay. Like I can't actually sit there and watch it, but I would probably say new girl. New girl. Oh, yeah. I can see you a yeah. new girl. Yeah. I can see you a new girl. I like, like that. I, oh my gosh, that would be such a fun show. Hell yeah. Family yeah. matters. I loved Family Matters as a kid. I mean, it was dope. It, for me, when, when you asked that question, it was Family Matters or Fresh Prince. And I was like, I, I was stuck on Family Matters, dude. Because okay. you know how Family Matters, actually Fresh Prince did too, but both of those shows actually really, they, it'd be funny, but they really hit on social issues at that time. So yeah. you, you felt like, yeah, you're being entertained, but you learned something. I was going to say, Fresh Prince also did Yeah, they too. totally did. Yeah. They totally did. But there's something about um, Family Matters I was always drawn to all the yeah. time, me and my brother watching. Because it was hilarious and it was on Fridays, dude. TGIF. Yeah, TJF, dude. Yeah. Step by step. Let's go. Dude, a good show. That's yeah, awesome. you know. That's <laughs> awesome. I know. <laughs> I don't know. I, <laughs> yeah, there's I like I have way too many answers because yeah. I like a lot of TV. Yeah. I there's so many say, good plots out there, too. Right. I mean, like, probably the most consistent one that I watch, though, now 
Like, but it wouldn't be a fun. It says if live there. Like, so yeah. I watched The Office. A so lot. that's what I was also thinking. And I'm thinking that'd be a boring place to live. Although it'd be really I'd be, awkward, and yeah, cringy, and entertaining. <laughs> yeah. So what the hell happens out there? I don't know. I'd have to really think about that one. For the sake of entertainment value, I'd pick The Office because I think Dwight's yeah. hilarious and like. Michael Scott. I feel like you and Kim would fit well in that for some reason. <laughs> so I, I feel like that would still be a great show with you guys both on there. Yeah. It Should really be. would. Well, you get really good at like looking into the camera like... Yeah. <laughs> and Jordan, I, we always hit on Jordan this, but everything's in his eyes. Uh, every time he's talking, he's always kind of looking around. I'm like, dude, it's Jordan. Jordan yeah, I was told I was a villain. I would be <laughs> a, right, a superhero the last podcast. villain. Yeah. Uh, apparently, I have villain-ish <laughs> eyes. Sam, what do you got? Anyway. Hmm. So Fresh Prince, bro. Fresh Prince? Fresh Prince, man. Uh, My last pair of Jordans were the Fresh Prince Jordans. Uh, And and every time he's wearing, he wears the ones that I have on now. And he doesn't wear them with laces. And he every episode, bro, he has right. like the every, tongue was always flopping out. Always flopping out, man. He has every pair of the fives. And oh I love gosh. it. And that's exactly why I got them. Because they're just this like this eccentric color. Yeah. And he just puts it doesn't matter what he's wearing. I know no, it was yeah. in the eighties, but still. No, it was, it was great. It was, oh love my it. god. It was, loved dude, it. it was a good show. And again, that show all also hit on social issues. And the one that stuck out to me the most in that show. Do you remember when Will Smith was um Talking with what was the dad's name? His Phil. uncle Phil. Recipes. Phil. It was like Phil. when he was talking about his dad. His dad came in for the show, right? Yeah. And then his dad left, and he had this breaking moment with Phil, where he just cried and was yelling. He's always leaving this and that. And then, yep. I remember like recently, I don't know, past couple years, they talked about that episode, and Will actually drew from his real father who left. No. So like wow. that scene was legit. He was pulling from those emotions, yeah, and that's said, why I made it so real. I was like, "Damn!" Asking why I didn't yeah. love him. Yeah, you know. Yeah, Phil's like, he's like the figurehead, right? Yeah, and just stood for doing what's right and working hard. That was a great show. A father it figure in his so hand, you know. In all honesty, picking that house would probably be a pretty yeah. dope. Place <laughs> to live. Yeah, that's right. what I was thinking. Aside, I was like, I picked an office space is where I'd want to live. Yeah, I was like, I picked I'd a loft on... with four other people. Yeah. <laughs> the pool house, dude. Well, I, was the pool think- house. I was thinking of all those shows at the time because I watched all of them. You know, it was yep. like Family Matters, Fresh Prince, Full House, yeah. uh, Boy Meets World. And uh, I'm thinking like, yeah, Boy Meets World. Yeah, Topanga. but I'm like, do Topanga. I want to live Everyone, in that? Every little girl Topanga. wanted to be Topanga. God bless her. I don't know. But that would be the place out of all those ones to pick <laughs> just anyway. pour one out we're all just like oh you said to pay oh, yeah. everyone started melting like oh i turned everyone into butter yeah. <laughs> she was a lot of people's crushes i'm sure growing up uh well kim oh, yeah. thank you so much for coming on the podcast um it's an honor to have you here and we really wanted to celebrate you and everything that you're doing and it, i'm so glad that we met on so i know it sounds crazy right me you know social media is dangerous yeah. but it was literally just i was really impressed and I was like, man, I hope this girl keeps going and see what she's going to do. And you did. And what you're doing and the organizations that you're involved in, I think it's awesome. Please keep doing it. You're affecting not just your life, but so many other women's lives out there that want to be in this industry or do other things that you know we say is male-dominated. Screw that. Yeah. Freaking do whatever you want to do. Anything's attainable. So I thank agree. you so much for coming. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And the feeling is so mutual. I mean, watching you guys grow also throughout the year has been absolutely amazing. Years, I should say. But um, no, this has been amazing just to showcase myself, but also you guys as well, you know, that we are all intertwined in this. But um, seriously, thank you so much. This has been a blast. Hell yeah. Yeah, just... Uh, I mean, we just like met today. So, but like, 
I think like you're you're in a hard role model position, which oh, is like which is super rad, you know. And I don't mean like it shouldn't put any more or less pressure on you because I feel like the personality or at least how you pr- portray yourself and you know the work ethic and everything speaks for itself, mm. you know. But like going back to just talking about you know helping people along the way or basically showing that like look I can do this this is my story you know I think that you know having the opportunity to talk on here or just talking about it you know we were saying that earlier where it kind of not normalizes it but it makes things seem obtainable and hopefully the people listening to that if you had any interest in aviation or even just whatever it is but just taking these you know experiences and stories and applying them to their own lives and moving forward I think that's huge and I think there needs to be more of it and I think you're paving the way, man. Really are. And Thank you. I mean, cool. with your, with both of your help, you know. Oh. Hey, you guys, you guys are giving yeah, me the I platform. Mean, so yeah, this is the easy the part. Symbiotic relationship. Yeah. Hey, for sure. I love it. I love Anyways, it. It's, thank you. Uh, yeah, we we just we really honestly want to celebrate just the everyday person because there's so much to celebrate. You Absolutely. Know, the struggle that we all have to go through just in life paying bills, getting to where we want to go and having people like you on, it shows, look, it's, it's not possible. You're going to have to put the work in, but you can fucking do whatever you want to do. Yeah. I, I love that. So thank you. Awesome. Um, let's get a, let's go on three. One, two, three. Let's, let's go. go. Bye everybody. And that's it. Thank you for listening in everybody. We'd like to thank our sound engineer who makes this podcast happen and makes us sound very good. Stephen Clark. And to our first sponsor, 8-9 Barbers. Look good, feel good, be great. Come get your haircut at two locations, Long Beach and in Orange, California. Your appointment can be booked at 8-9-Barbers.com. That is E-I-G-H-T-N-I-N-E-B-A-B, excuse me, B-A-R-B-R-E-R-S. 8-9-Barbers.com. Again, look good, feel good, be great. Check it out. It's my barber. He is the man. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.